0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing airwick vibrant essential mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular airwick essential mist for our most authentic nature-inspired fragrance experience airwick vibrant essential mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy the way fragrance should be now that's a breath of fresh airwick And a second question, is Chris Sims privy to your decision at number three? <laughs> yeah, I tell him everything. Hit
0: <laughs> um, uh. it. That's it. The transcript doesn't show smiles or laughter, no emojis in the transcript. Although I've searched the transcript. I think they left that part out. See, I think something's going on here. The next level conspiracy theorist would say, first of all, good morning, Chris. How are you? Before we get too far down the rabbit hole, how How are you today? I'm doing good. Did you drink some coffee today? I did. I did. There we go. Good. I just want to make sure you bring your mojo. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Cup of coffee before the show makes all the difference. Cue the conspiracy mic graphic that some people actually think is a real photo. I got emails saying, well, one email, I didn't know you smoked cigarettes, so well done for the Photoshop job to actually convince people that that's me. I do not own a short-sleeved dress shirt, and I never have. Okay, so conspiracy theory would be that you two are in cahoots, and it's really not Mac Jones, it's someone else. That would be smart, right? It's Justin Fields. I know. right? It's Justin Fields, and you're helping him throw everyone off the set. Care to address that? (laughs) Care care to address that? No, I don't care to address that. (laughs) Uh, But no,
2: it's funny you do say that. I mean, because, you know, I always, you know, anytime I have to talk about Kyle or anything like that, I always try to like preface it with I don't have direct knowledge. No one any any time I talk about it, think people think I'm just I, I know I know I know, and I have thought about that before. Like I could really help Kyle set set it up, set people up for the draft, and say it's this guy, this guy, this guy, and everybody will buy in, and it could be a total curveball. But he hasn't used me like that. At least
0: uh, at least not yet. We'll see. Good morning to everyone on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 211. If you're watching, you'll actually get to see some more of Kyle Shanahan talking about Jimmy G and everything else associated with the 49ers in the aftermath of the stunning trade from Friday that is still sending shockwaves throughout the NFL. And let's start there. John Lynch, general manager of the team, sitting with Kyle Shanahan, still adjusting to this new reality of vaccinated executives and coaches being Fairly close to each other with masks off, talking. Here they are talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the trade that went down four days ago. You know, we both spoke to to, uh, to Jimmy. Kyle, Kyle did right away, and then I did later in the day. Um,
2: you know, I think, um, I think the I'll, I'll let Kyle go after this, but uh, you know, the the message was what we were doing, why we were doing it, and how he is
0: very much still a, plan, a part of our plans and. Uh, you know, um, I'm not, not gonna, um, you know, I believe those conversations, uh, should remain private, but, but, uh, Jimmy, um, uh, he welcomes competition. And so I think I'll leave it at that. And Kyle, you go ahead.
1: Um, yeah, very similar. Um, you know, wanted to get it to Jimmy, definitely before it came out. So, um, called him first thing, had a good conversation with him. You know, it's obviously no one wants to hear that, um, and I know they, he wasn't totally excited about it like you'd expect, but um, Jimmy handled it great like he always does. Um, we were very straight up with each other, and I told him how he felt. This doesn't mean this doesn't change his, any of his circumstances right now. I mean, he's still coming in here and trying to lead this team. I told him how excited I was that free agency went a lot better than we anticipated with being able to sign um, a lot more of our own players than we had thought going into it, and that we got a real good team coming back here, and uh, we still plan on him leading us and getting as far as we can with them. General observation and an
0: invitation to one of those yeah. two gentlemen. I've got a poker table down in my barn. Right, John Lynch, I will deal you in at any time. He's got more tells than there are cards in the deck. <laughs> now, Kyle, Kyle has to wait in the car. I don't want Kyle at the table. John Lynch, come on down. <laughs> Let's play some poker. You, I mean, he's fidgeting with his watch. He's doing this. He's He, he was so... Frazzled by trying to sell something other than the actual God's honest truth. He's like shuffling papers afterwards, like, please just pass (laughs) this off. Pass this off to Kyle and save me from this. And this all comes from my interpretation of where this is going, Chris. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is on the week one roster unless he ultimately takes a dramatic pay cut that they may not spring upon him until mid to late August when it's too late for him to find another destination if he says no thank you and everyone else's depth chart is full. And if there is a need, that's when they could trade him, maybe at a dramatically reduced salary. But I I heard nothing yesterday and read nothing as I studied the transcript to make me think that... He's our guy. Remember the anonymous leak to Shefty from Friday. Jimmy's staying. Jimmy's our guy. Yeah, I didn't get that impression yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, Mike. Listen, I, I hear you,
2: and I know you're you're being Johnny the the card shark there, reading people. But uh, I get what you mean there with John Lynch. He was a little fidgety. There's no doubt. seemed a little uncomfortable with that that question. Well, hey, I mean, the first thing is. There's obviously somebody that they want, right? At number three, we know that they've, they've and it's a quarterback, and, and it's a quarterback. There's no right. doubt. There's no doubt. I don't think anybody doubts that at all, right? So we know there's somebody there that has the eye of Lynch and Shanahan, and they look at him and go, "Ooh, we really think this guy can run the you know organization and be special." All right, who that is, I don't know. You know, I think it's Mac Jones, but you know, they're they're they're. Like we talked about yesterday, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, they're in a good spot. They don't have to get rid of him. They don't. But like we've talked about many times, it's risky getting rid of him uh, or not not getting rid of him and letting him start your year and them having a good team and a good year and all those things we've talked about, right? So for me and for what you're saying right now, yeah, I, I don't look at it like it's going that way either. I don't expect Jimmy G to be back. I I just, we've gotten all these signs since the season's over that, you know, they're trying to find a replacement. It sounds like now they got their replacement and I just have a hard time believing that they're going to go into 2021 with Jimmy G as their starting quarterback and not go in with this guy that they got at number three, where they got a big circle around it. You know, Shanahan's had success with young quarterbacks before he did it with RG three, I'm sure he thinks, whoa, now I got a guy that's, you know, uh, a drop back pass offense, Mac Jones, Matt Ryan type guy. I'm sure he thinks he can have really big time results that way as well. So uh, I'm with you, Mike. I have a hard time believing that we'll see Jimmy G as the starting quarterback of the 49ers next year.
0: Now time is on the 49ers side, and I think they need time for a couple of reasons. First of all, they need to get through the draft. You never know what's going to happen between now right. and then. I don't want right. to jinx Max Jones That's or right. anyone else, but but there could be anything that can happen between now and April 29 that could cause the 49ers to go in a different direction. Then, then once the guy is in your building, you have to be sure that, number right. one, he is who you thought he was, nod to Dennis Green, and second he's got to be able to show that he's ready to go week one. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is a guy that needs to sit for a while. Maybe you don't want to undermine 2021 and get his career off to a bad start by thrusting him into the fray. I remember when Ben Roethlisberger was put in for Tommy Maddox in 2004. Hall of Fame guard Alan Fanica, very candid in his criticism. Of going with a rookie quarterback saying, I don't want to show up at my job with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Do right. you? Do you want to do that? So that's part of the balance. They got to be ready and they got to be sure that Mac Jones can do it. So that's another reason to hold on to Jimmy G. He's a $25 million insurance policy until you no longer need the insurance. That's when it's going to turn. And I think that's. As they've planned this out, and the other thing that came through clear to me yesterday, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have spent hours running through all of their options for upgrading at quarterback. This is all flowing from the fact that they can't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to be available to them. That is the root of this. It's not how he plays when he can play. It's the fact that he can't play enough. You miss 23 games out of 48 in the regular season. That is a major problem and that's why they spent so much time looking. And there there's a sense of relief now that they've picked a door. I think Kyle was going a little bit bonkos by virtue of the fact that they so many had so many options. We just got to pick one. Sure. Do we trade for Matthew Stafford? Do we trade for Deshaun Watson? Do we sign this guy? Do we go after this guy? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Now they know at least preliminarily, what they're going to do. But there are still more steps before we get to week one. And like I said, time not only is on their side, they need time before they can make their final move. Well, you're right. You've said a lot of good things there. I mean, you're right. Availability,
2: one thing for sure. You know, Jimmy G, the play on the field, it's been good. I don't think we're going to sit here and say it's been great, right? It's had its moments of where we go, okay, it's pretty good. We like it. But, of course, like you brought up many times, the playoffs, the times where, you know, the pressure's the greatest, uh, the, that was a questionable moment in the Super Bowl run for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, you know, you bring up, like, like the, the relaxation or Shanahan at peace because now they got a plan or know what they're doing. I, I mean, ag- agreed. They, they, he finally controls his own fate as far as, and his destiny, like we talked about, as far as who he can have at the quarterback position. Now, the other thing I think that's interesting, right, you bring up, like, the fact that, hey, they, 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 there's no reason to rush a trade or do anything like that, right? The thing they just have to balance, I think, and, and, and I think you would agree here, is just balancing the market and the want and need for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo right now as compared to maybe, yeah, taking your time, going through some OTAs and and evaluating the situation with whoever that quarterback is at three compared to Jimmy G. But, you know, the risk of that and, and doing that evaluation is, of course, now the teams that needed the quarterbacks find quarterbacks, and now you have nobody to trade to Jimmy Garoppolo, which gets me back to why I think it's Mac Jones at number three. And here's all the reasoning because we kind of just laid it out. You know, this team, this team's ready now. They're ready now. And I just don't think you do this and trade up unless it's a quarterback that's ready now too. And that's where I go back to Mac Jones because I think out of all the guys in the draft, and you know I think Zach Wilson's one, As far as getting out of the huddle, checks, reading plays, the way he was taught, everything like that, nobody's more pro-ready than Mac Jones from that standpoint. And to me, that also says that, hey, team's ready. We got a mature, young quarterback to come in who's run a pro-style offense already. That just makes too much sense, and that's why I go back to your original thought of I just don't expect to see Jimmy G as the quarterback of the 49ers next year.
0: There are other factors that need to be taken into account here as well. You've got players on that team that love the guy. and It's a cold, hard business, and guys come and go all the time. But you need to have the players on board with this transition. So to the extent that if there are OTAs this year, and that's still hanging in the balance, but whenever guys show up, you, you almost need to have an opportunity for the players to see, wow, this new guy... Yeah, we like what he does. I I get it. I get it now. I get it. Look at how the ball comes in. Look at how he executes the plays. Okay. And and it's just working through the idea that this guy can be our guy. Sorry, Jimmy. We love you, but we want to win a Super Bowl. And we see now what Kyle sees in whoever it is, Mac Jones or whoever. And I think that's part of the thought process. He knows he's got to sell this to a locker room and he's confident that he can also a point that miles simmons made yesterday on pftpm yeah even if all the seats eventually are full elsewhere and right now i don't know where you would be able to trade jimmy garoppolo he's going to have to take less than 25 million no one is touching that salary remember several years ago 49ers Broncos talking about a Colin Kaepernick trade sure. what did the Broncos want Kaepernick to do reduce his yeah, salary right. that would be part of any transaction now but through the passage of time and it was the same year 2016 later that year what happens Teddy Bridgewater catastrophic knee injury what happens for the Eagles Sam Bradford supposedly the starter while rookie Carson Wentz I know gets right. himself ready right Eagles have a one and a four fall out of the sky a one and a four yeah for a guy that they were going to bench at some point in 2016, if he even was the week one starter, right. they made that move a week and a half before the start of the season. So that's why not just time from I the know. standpoint of getting the new guy ready, time from the standpoint of all it takes is one practice, yes. one moment, one thing, and 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 here's an opportunity to get real value for this guy we gave up a second-round pick for and gave millions of dollars to. I I mean, those are all correct. I mean, you're right.
2: That's why you do it. There's no doubt. You get that team that might be desperate in August and go, wait, we think our team's good. We'll do anything to get somebody's good quarterback. Oh, there's Jimmy G. Let's do that. You know, I mean, certainly. But I guess the risk, and just to play devil's advocate, and then again, this is why I – Would try to move Jimmy G, you know, sooner rather than later. If I'm the 49ers, is what if that doesn't happen, right? All right, so then you end up maybe you end up having just to cut him or do something like that, or who knows, maybe he's just on your roster. But I also think you run the risk of something you brought up to the start of that statement was, you know, the the massaging of the locker room there a little bit. And again, if you got Jimmy G in there, who's hey, we've gone to the Super Bowl with this guy and we like him and he's cool and. You know, it's going to affect the football team. It will, no matter what people say. As cool as George Kittle is, right? Yeah, he likes the new quarterback, whoever that may be, Mac Jones, everything like that. He's going to like Jimmy Garoppolo, too. You know, and it can divide the locker room. And he's going to feel more loyal to Jimmy Garoppolo because that's who he's known and been around more and went to the Super Bowl with. And I think that's where... A head coach is going to have a hard time doing that. At least I would. If I had to put myself in that shoes, I'd be worrying about that stuff, and I just would want to frame my team around my new guy, and let's go from there.
0: Well, and I think part of it, too, is they have to have a good read on how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to react. And if necessary, difficult conversation with Garoppolo. Look. We don't want you undermining what we're trying to do. We don't want you rallying support in the locker room. We see any sign of that, Jimmy, and this is not going to end well. You just need to show up and compete and understand what we're trying to do as an organization. And we, we go into this with eyes wide open. We know that this has one year left at the maximum. Right. And if you want to show the rest of the league that you can be a productive starter, that you can stay healthy. This is your best opportunity. You know this offense. You know this personnel. And that's what they're counting on. They're counting on Jimmy G reacting in a way that if they do need him, he will perform well. Here's Shanahan talking about how he anticipates Garoppolo dealing with the fact that he's now a short-timer in San Francisco.
1: I'm sure Jimmy was a little a little pissed off from it, just like I would be too. Um, but me knowing Jimmy, he'll be fired up and come in and he'll work his butt off. And um, knowing Jimmy, it, usually the more mad Jimmy gets, usually the better he gets. Um, so it's, you know, Jimmy just it gets madder and he stays healthy. I mean, this is going to be a, g- a good thing for Jimmy too, um, which could be a great problem um, for the 49ers. Um, so I'm, I hope Jimmy's all right with it and I expect him to be. And I'm excited to have him come in here and see what he's been doing when he's away and, um, hopefully we'll have a team here that uh, we can work and practice with, which, as John just said, I, I think will eventually happen.
0: I hate that phrase, great problem or good problem. The only good problem is no problem. You want no problem. Yeah. And it's better to have no problem than a great problem. So I think the ideal scenario for the 49ers is they find a way out. They find an off right. right where they can say, we got something – For a guy that we were going to go to August 28 and say, we want you to take a $12 million pay cut, and if you don't, we're going to cut you. Uh, And we got something for him instead. This worked. This was a win for us. And I think that is what they're trying to implement, Chris. I I mean, yes.
2: I I would imagine so. And I would imagine, too, you know, hey, you, you check all your boxes here if you're the 49ers organization. You know, they're going to see the Mac Jones workout today, going to do that, do all their homework as far as, you know, meeting the guy on Zoom, everything like that. You know, again, wait to the probably the last possible second just in case something crazy happens, doesn't happen, whatever that may be. But I, I, I expect that sometime towards draft, somewhere in that week leading up to it, we start to hear some some chatter on Jimmy G and being traded. I, I just I, I just I, I don't know. I just don't see it going down any other way. I'd be shocked. I really would be. And you know, you again we talked about it a little yesterday, but uh Carolina's sitting that sitting there and I go, well, Jimmy G fits that offense. He would fit that West Coast, Joe Burrow, you know, let me get in the pocket and make a lot of five and ten yard throws and pick you apart that way. He would. He would fit that. And then, of course, the other team I come to is the Denver Broncos because I just have a hard time thinking they're going to roll out the red carpet for Drew Locke in such a big year. So you look at those two teams and you go, man, you can get them bidden against each other a little bit for a guy that's a pretty damn good quarterback, not a top 10 quarterback, but I think somewhere, Mike, to be fair, what do you think? Anywhere from 15 to 20, maybe, Jimmy G, as far as the NFL is concerned? Uh I think then you may you might have something as far as where you get those two teams going against each other.
0: The inability to be healthy on a consistent basis at the position other than punter and kicker that is more protected than any other on the field yeah, it's is scary. what troubles me it does. more than anything else. Yeah. And also also the the hole into which Kyle stuck his head during the playoffs in 2019 bothers me. That resonates. That moment where he freaked out and said, you, we're Mike. just going to run the ball and run the ball and run right. the ball until we have two weeks to come up with a game plan that we can maybe implement to help Kyle against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That Bob Greasy run. I I can't forget that. And it's amazing to me how many 49ers fans just kind of gloss over that when evaluating Jimmy Garoppolo. And ultimately, I assume 49ers fans just want to win the Super Bowl. But a lot of people don't want new. They're afraid of new. They're afraid that new is going to upset what we've got. And, oh, if Jimmy can just stay healthy. But... What other quarterback in the NFL right now, other than maybe Cam Newton, do we apply the The if if. he can just stay healthy, too? You don't. You just don't. You don't want that. And it's obvious. It's obvious, folks. The fact that the 49ers made this move, it was motivated by one thing. They're sick and tired of having to worry about whether or not their quarterback is going to be healthy. That's right. Period. That's right. If you can't stay healthy at that position... You can't be a franchise quarterback. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, all the things you said, the playoff run you talked about, the Super Bowl, forget about the last throw. There was a lot of plays in the second half of the football game. That I know I broke down here on NBC Sports and did things where I just went, to, no, this is the wrong read, the
0: wrong play, all those things. Freaked out, freaked out by Chris Jones batting a ball down and was wide open. Exactly. George Kittle didn't even look, didn't even look because the ball had been batted down there, there's, previously there's by there's Chris all Jones.
2: Those there's all those issues. Exactly right. So, you know, you have that, then the, you know, not being able to be available issue. And that is a real issue, especially when your team is really damn good, you know, and that's where. You know, again, you know, I, I just laugh, you know, but but one thing is like people people making fun of like, right, Mac Jones, right? Oh, he's not a good enough athlete. Do those things. I want to go, well, no, you know, everybody thinks you can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I promise you, Mac Jones is a better athlete than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I can promise you that. His feet are better in the pocket. He's better on the run. He's faster straight away. He could do things like that. He's a level up that way, too. And I think too, you know, again that that guy looks has looked at it like a dinosaur a little bit, right? Where Garoppolo is
0: the guy. Wait, wait Mac Jones is the before, and Garoppolo is the after. Well, I mean, that's what, what the people people are gonna people are gonna react by saying, "Are you? where are you? But you so you're gonna have to sell this, yeah? Because Garoppolo is the guy who who looks like he's in shape. I know, he's cut. He's right. buff. Right? He's the better athlete in the eyes of most people. Why are you saying Jones is better? Because
2: Jones has incredible hop around, you know, crossover, move your feet. Oh, no, I was going to throw here. Wait, I got to readjust and throw it over there in a hurry. He's incredible that way. Garoppolo is slow-footed. I mean, that's one of the reasons Garoppolo's been injured is he really can't get out of harm's way at times. It's kind of how he hurt his shoulder when he was with New England and even this year with the Jets. His legs were kind of planted in the ground, you know, and, of course, there's the dumb mistake he made in Kansas City that you brought up before, too. You know, so there's got to be a question of wait, can he get himself out of the way? Uh is he smart enough to get himself out of the way and not be stupid that way? You know, those are all there. But Mac Jones, yeah, despite what he looks like, man, I mean, the the way he moves in the pocket, it it's really damn good. I mean, it's special for a college quarterback. It, it and 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 it's legit quickness in his feet that way. And yeah, he doesn't look as Adonis as Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'll take him in a race or a 5-10-5 or anything like that against Jimmy Garoppolo any, any day of the week as far as that's concerned.
0: I suspect that the moment that Jimmy Garoppolo was running for the sideline at Arrowhead Stadium and saw a defensive back and decided to drop his shoulder and deliver a blow and tore his ACL in the, progr- in the process, Kyle Shanahan said something along the lines of, are you bleeping kidding me and that may have been the moment where the worm turned against jimmy garoppolo in san francisco just took a couple of years for it to get to this point now moving forward yeah alabama pro day two today they had one last week this was confusing yesterday mac jones threw last week well they can't do private workouts this year so you're going to see multiple pro day workouts so today jones throwing again Kyle in attendance. Here he is talking about attending the Alabama Pro Day and the guy he's undoubtedly there to watch, Mac
1: Jones. I normally don't like to go to him a bunch um, unless I feel I need – I have, to, unless I have to for some reason. But um, I also have been kind of grown up in the idea that – You don't like to go everywhere and show people things. And when you're sitting at 12 and stuff, I don't want to go to a bunch of quarterback pro days and things like that. Um, Now that you move up to three, you don't have to hide as much. Um, It's not as big of a deal to me as it might have been when we were sitting at 12. The way we looked at it is, I mean, to move up to three, we had to feel good that there's three guys we'd be comfortable with leading our team for a long time. And we couldn't make that decision before there was three guys. Um, so we had to feel that way with three. Um, now I think there's a chance to get there with four and five. There's a chance. Um, there's five guys that are kind of at this party a little bit. And um, people are talking about them going everywhere. They're all over in the first round. Our feeling is these guys are going to go a lot higher than people realize. And when you have two guys sitting out, one and two possibly could, um, even possibly three and four, then you hear a lot of teams um, all the way through the draft who are in a situation where they really want a quarterback, and they don't have someone close to what we have with Jimmy. Um, that means those five guys are going to disappear pretty fast. So we had to feel confident in three to make this move, um, and that's what we did. And I do it. I'm excited about. Now we know there's five players. Who do you want to put your um, who do you want to put your future in? Well, I'm glad we got a month to really work on that.
0: You know, what when, when when I hear that last part. And, and there's no reason for him to be coy at this point. Right. He controls the board after Trevor Lawrence and then presumably Zach Wilson. But he says there's five guys. I assume he's talking about Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. Yeah. You got a month to figure out which guy you really want. Right. Even if he has a lean right now, there's no reason to put a flag in the ground. And, and also... You know, no one wants to undermine the ultimate reality show. We talked about that yesterday with Urban Meyer being coy about taking uh, Trevor Lawrence at number one. So, yeah, there's no there's no reason to say Mac Jones is the guy. There's no reason to get anyone's expectations moving in a certain direction because this is part of what they paid for. They, just like the Rams in 2016, they, they traded up for the ability to have the number one overall pick, and Jeff Fisher was going to enjoy every second of having the unexercised number one overall pick. At a certain level, the 49ers can enjoy the next month where everyone's going to be talking about what are they going to do because along the way they're talking about the 49ers and there's this this effort to constantly be consuming the news cycle 49ers are going to be at the top of it Chris until we know who they pick
2: yeah that's right I mean the, the speculation is going to continue but you know I think that there was enough context clues just right there in that little segment to tell you who it's going to be I mean, I only go when it's important to the pro day. Oh, that's right. Wait, you're going to the pro day that there's the quarterback everybody's linking to you? It sounds like it might be kind of important, you know? And just, again, just with like, you know, not having to hide and do all of those things and talking about three quarterbacks that, you know, you're comfortable with. To me, that just screams you know, the top three guys and Wilson, Lawrence, and Mac Jones. And and to what he's saying, like, listen, Trey Lance and Fields have some elite ability about them. They can be something. Uh, But I'll go back to what I originally tweeted on Friday and what you heard me say. I just don't think those are the guys you trade up in the draft for right now. You don't trade up for guys who need work or project, or projections to where, ooh, you know, I like this Trey Lance, but he hasn't played a lot and hasn't thrown a lot, and I think he could be something. To me, that's not what you do. You trade up for guys where you go, like, no, no. I think this guy's – I'm going to go from 27 to 10 because I think this guy's the man. Oh, that's right. It's Patrick Mahomes. You know, Buffalo making the trade to get up to get Josh Allen. I mean, to me, that's the guy you do it for. You don't do it for the project. The project is more, to me, along the lines of you would see like with Jordan Love last year where, oh, wait, we'll take you in the 20s or a team trades up. You know, to get out of the top of the second round, to get back up into the first round because, wait, we see high-end talent here, but not like a top 10 or top 15 pick, uh, and there's some work, and that's where, again, I just think it screams Mac Jones and would be shocked if the 49ers don't go that way.
0: Even though Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are attending the Alabama Pro Day today when the Ohio State Pro Day is happening the same day, and it's caused many to say, aha, aha, it's Mac Jones, not Justin Fields, They're setting up a pro day two for Ohio State so that Shanahan can personally witness Justin Fields, and they're going to do one North Dakota State for Trey Lance. So they have to do their homework. You never know what will happen over the course of the next month. You have to feel good about it. This is now, I think, though, confirmation, not elimination, as it relates to the guy he's leaning at with number three, and I have no reason to dispute your assessment of Mac Jones being the guy. This whole idea of secrecy that reminded me yesterday of 2006, Chris, and you may or may not remember this. The Broncos were at 15. Mike Shanahan was the head coach. The Rams go on the clock at 11. Boom, there's a trade. The Broncos move up to 11. Take Jay Cutler, Vanderbilt quarterback. They had done nothing with Cutler. They hadn't. Gone to see him, no workout, no visit, no nothing, no interview. Cutler was floored, and and that's the house that Kyle grew up in. He soaked up so much knowledge from the way his dad did things, and as it relates to the draft, you can never show your no, hand. No, no. Which, which dovetails with all of our points about Garoppolo and which is why while I'm taking John Lynch's chips down in the barn playing poker, Kyle can sit up in the car talking to you because I ain't playing <laughs> poker with him because he learned from his dad how to do it, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's business. Shanahan's been around
2: it for a long, long time. And like you've said, there's no reason at this point to let anybody know. You know, you're still got a lot of time here. To do your, you know, cross all your T's, dot all your I's, see these guys in person. You know, yes, I I would think that there was a serious lean towards one guy. As in fact, like we made this trade because of this guy, certainly. But could his mind change over the next month if he went to go evaluate all three of these guys and the guy he thought he was going to take? You know, he looked at and went, "Ooh, I don't love what I'm seeing here. And this other guy's better than than what I think. Yeah, minds could be changed, especially if like you looked at it from the angle of, hey, okay, he moved up for Mac Jones at number three, but he also really likes Trey Lance. Right. And he's not wouldn't be mad to have him either. You know, there, there could be that possibility of thinking like, you know, really any of these guys I'm OK with here as I go into this process. But now I'm assured of getting my top three as kind of what he's saying there and how he sees it. And uh, that's why you don't, you know, tip your hand to this point. But I, I would think there's a real lean and a real guy that they have targeted already. And that's why you make this trade.
0: One thing that Kyle Shanahan won't have to worry about if he drafts Mac Jones is a John Elway, Eli Manning type of a power play. Jones already sounds like he's all in with the prospect of being the 49ers quarterback. Here he is talking about that San Francisco offense under Kyle.
3: I've watched their tape and stuff. I've, I've got a chance to watch a lot of um, you know everybody, but 49ers specifically, obviously they run a lot of wide zone. They also have a great fullback so they can run power. And they do a bunch of good play pass off of that. So outside zone, sprint out stuff, Um, you know, obviously their drop back passing game is really similar to what we did with Sark. Um, And, you know, some of their motions that they use, I noticed they got the the boomerang motions and the cat motions across the ball fast. So that's all stuff that I'm really familiar with. Um, And obviously it's a super quarterback friendly offense and they have great playmakers there. Um, So I'm really looking forward to just learning more about that.
0: Oh, looking forward to learning more about that. Yeah. Well, you won't need to if you're on a different team, Mac. So, Mac. <laughs> Do you know something, Mac? Mac? Either Mac, Mac. sounds like Mac knows something <laughs> right. that the rest of us don't. Right. <laughs> uh, so, and 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 look, Mac is represented by Jimmy Sexton, and Sexton's been doing it forever. He knows which way the wind is blowing, That's and right. I have a feeling that Mac knows which way the wind is blowing, and it's blowing in his direction, unless he blows it today. I mean, look. This is part of it. Even though the pro days are scripted and perfunctory, he's got to perform with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch standing there watching him. Not that there's any reason to think he's going to fail. The guy won the national championship, but this is just part of the check the box, check the box, check the box, and that's going to happen today.
2: Yeah, different kind of pressure, definitely. And he's going to have his receivers today. I I would think we're going to see a little bit of a different Mac Jones, maybe a little bit more of a showman. You know, during this workout compared to what we saw last week, right? Uh, I, I really do. I, that was one thing I was a little disappointed with Mac Jones last week. I just wish he would have gone out and been a little bit more of a show off. You know, I, you see on film some different type of throws, and you know him being able to let it go. And not that he's got the strongest arm in the draft, but his arm is stronger than people want to give it credit for. We saw it last week with he threw a ball sixty-seven something yards in the air, too. You know, so. Uh, This is a different kind of pressure he's going to deal with today, but uh, I hope he lets it fly a little bit more than he did last week. It doesn't kind of protect the ball to be so perfect and accurate and do all of those things. But again, Mac Jones too, just to back to the offense part, you know, there he is. I've watched the offense. He gives you a good idea. I mean, just the, just the way he talks there, you could tell this guy's, he's a football guy. He really is. And He's already comfortable with some of the things he's seen within that offense because, hey, I've done that. Listen, if if you're an offensive coach, uh, I mean, a lot of the smart ones are watching Kyle Shanahan and what he does because he's so cutting edge that way. Uh, And there's, of course, some of that in that Alabama offense that if he does take over for the 49ers, it'll be seamless for
0: him and it won't be any issue at all. Amazing to think that before last year, Alabama had a grand total from – the Super Bowl era onward of two quarterbacks taken in round one, Joe Namath, Richard Todd. And I think even it goes beyond the Super Bowl era. I think it's ever. It was Joe Namath and right. Richard Todd. right? Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones poised to back be top to back. five picks back to back. It, it shows you where we, we had just had this notion, this impression, this perception that Alabama is all defense, all defense, all defense. Meanwhile, the offense kind of secretly and quietly has gotten pretty damn good and cutting edge and it it makes the receivers and now the quarterbacks yeah. ready to be plugged into an NFL offense and thrive. And look at look at the prospects. Look at so many of them that are from the offensive side of it's the insane. ball. And it really has become an NFL factory since Nick Saban said I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. Plenty of guys have put themselves in position to make plenty of money by virtue of the fact that he did, Chris. Yeah, and you know, Mike, you're your
2: your fact your fact about the the offense. That that's real. I mean, that's where I give Nick Saban a lot of credit. He changed. He realized that whoa, college, the way the game's being played, the rules, everything like this. It's hard to be a shutdown, we're gonna stop you cold defense and hold you to 20 points a game anymore. So he said, you know what, I'm gonna get start getting more speed. And I'm going to start being explosive in offense, and that's what they've become the last few years. Where it's well, it's Alabama. You just go, they're going to outscore you. They're going to score forty. Can you score forty with them? I mean, two receivers going to go in the top twenty this year. You know, two two in the top twenty last year. It is. It's 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 amazing what they've done
0: there, and uh, it's a, extremely. They're, they're the kings of college football. It's not even close. It's why he's one of the greatest college football coaches of all times. I would say he is the greatest college football coach of all time. The question of whether he's the greatest football coach of all time—that's a different debate altogether because <laughs> of his record at uh, the Miami Dolphins. When we return, we're going to hear from Saban, who's not only a smart coach, he's also smart enough to know don't follow your six-foot-three-inch quarterback without a step stool. We'll we'll see and hear Nick Saban from the podium from yesterday when PFT Live continues right after this.
3: Well, I think if you just watch Mac play throughout the course of the year, if, if it came to mental errors, he only made a few. Uh, he did. It, he was always very well-prepared. I think Sark did a great job with him. Uh, but he was always very well-prepared, uh, you know, for every game. But he, he went out there and sort of, you know, calmly just executed and took what the defense gave him and made the right choices and decisions based on what we had coached him to do. Seldom did he force the ball. Seldom did he turn it over. Really managed exactly what we expected him to manage. And I know that when you say a guy does that, everybody thinks he's not a very good player. Uh, He's not capable of anything else but managing. Uh, But to me, to be a good quarterback, you got to be a good manager. Then your ability to make plays sort of, you know, goes from there. And Mac has ability to make plays because he's smart, he's accurate, he's going to throw the ball in the right place. And uh, he's going to always help the offensive team be in the right situation, uh, whether it's a run or a pass or whatever. So um, he is really, really smart, but he's always really well prepared. I But I think he analyzes what's going to happen before it happens uh, in terms of what the expectation is for him on that particular play. And he has a good visualization of, what our players are doing and how the defense is going to react to it relative to what they do. And I think that's what helps his decision-making process uh, so that he makes good choices and decisions.
0: On one hand, you can say, well, Nick Saban is going to boost his guys, but spot the lie. Is there anything that he said no. that is inaccurate? Right. And I think he prides himself on not overselling his agreed. players because his right. credibility is on the line. But right. when you have great
2: players, you don't have to oversell. No, you don't have to oversell. But we, we've we heard him not give like the most like glowing scouting reports before, you know, we've even seen on that little thing, you know, what was that thing with him and Bill Belichick? I mean, he was he was honest with Bill about who the best player here was. And, you know, this guy needs to do this and whatever that way. So you're right. You know, his butt's on the line as far as his credibility is concerned too. Yeah, and, you know, hey, I hear that phrase with Mac Jones, manager, whatever. And, and Mac, I mean, uh, and, and Nick explained it right. He's a manager with what they ask him to do. But within that, too, hey, some of those plays, hey, yeah, we want you to do this. Here's, you know, three guys going down the field. Okay, three guys are covered. Hey, but there's a spot, and you could put the ball in, in here, and it's a tight window, and Mac Jones just always makes the appropriate throw, the appropriate play, the appropriate the appropriate movement in the pocket. You know, and that's where I came away just with, you know, it, it, when I came away evaluating, I just went, "Man, it's just one perfect decision, one perfect throw. Wait, everybody's covered. Wow." And that's where I ended up going, "This guy's a top 10 pick." You know, you say what you want about his body or anything like that. And then, like I've said, you've heard me say too, Mike, yeah, managing the offense, but the offense was more aggressive this year than within Tua. So that tells you what they thought of Mac Jones too. They thought he was capable, maybe mentally, but certainly physically more than Tua as far as the degree of difficulty of drop-back passes they asked him to make Compared to two or two, that jumped off to me as well, and those are little context clues I look like to look at when I evaluate players because it tells you what the coaches think
0: of that guy too. Back to the point of candor from college football coaches. This is a quote from Saban from the Belichick and Saban documentary on HBO from a couple of years ago. One thing that you, Belichick, do that a lot of NFL guys don't do, I don't know that you've ever picked one of our guys if you never talked to me before picking him. And there's a few other guys in the league that do that, but then there's another 30 teams that I never hear from them, and they pick somebody, and I'm saying, they pick that guy? Right. (laughs) So, yeah, call Nick Saban, and I'm I'm sure some of them are afraid to, but he, he, I think is willing to be candid and blunt and honest because those guys are a reflection on him, ultimately. His coaching or his failure as a coach, and he's going to promote the guys that he thinks are going to make the program look good at the next level. Every time you send a guy from a major college program to the NFL and he ends up being a bust, that does diminish to a certain extent the program he comes from. So he's got every reason to do that. And you know what? If you're the player and you want more praise from your coach when you're heading to the draft, earn it while you're there. It's that simple, Chris. Yeah, no, you're right. You earn it while you're there. You know, and then
2: listen, I don't know. We're going to talk about Devontae Smith, but I know he makes some comments about him and everything that goes along with that too. You know, just waxes poetically about the player and what he brings to the table and everything like that. You know, I just I respect Nick Saban and how he talks about his team, his players, and if you really listen to him, he kind of, without maybe sometimes just coming out with the flat out truth, he he's telling you what he really thinks of these guys, uh, and and that's where I, I always like listening to his evaluations of his own team or players that he's got on the roster.
0: And he did address Devontae Smith, and it was very glowing. It was very positive, and it was intended to push back against the idea that because he's only 170 pounds, he can't play at the next level. Saban is convinced that he can. And again, Saban isn't going to sell a guy that's going to make him look bad, that's going to make him look like a liar, that's going to make him look like he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's never going to coach at the NFL level. So the only way he has any credibility at the NFL level— is to be accurate when he says, these are the guys that are good. And if you want to talk about the guys who I don't believe in, give me a phone call. And I'm surprised more of you don't give me a phone call. It's that simple. All right, let's take a break. Yeah. Some developments yesterday in the Deshaun Watson case. We'll get you up to speed on that. When PFT live continues right after this. The Cog isn't aware. We made a, a statement at the beginning, um, about where the organization stood i would say the legal it's a, it's a legal situation it's a legal process so we're certainly respectful of that uh we certainly take them very seriously uh the allegations um or what's been discussed or, are certainly troubling um and organizationally that's not something that that we can condone that we we condone those types of actions but again we'll let the legal process take care of itself And however it's going to unfold, we'll certainly comply and do what we can to help and and facilitate a, a resolution for everybody. That's Texans GM Nick Casario from the Texans podcast. The only thing the team has said other than the perfunctory written statement that came out in the immediate aftermath of the commencement of one lawsuit after another against Deshaun Watson alleging misconduct during massages. Separate from the litigation, Chris, an anonymous woman who was vetted by Jenny Vrentis of SI.com yeah, right, has her own version that corroborates this notion that there was unusual behavior during a massage. His conduct was unlike anything she's ever experienced from any other client she's treated. Great story from Jenny at SI.com. This woman who goes by the pseudonym Mary contacted the Tony Busby law firm. He's the lawyer who represents all of the plaintiffs who have filed suit so far. She declined to sign with yeah. Busby. She felt like she was being pressured by Busby's firm. She's talking to another lawyer about what her options are, may sue, may not sue. Regardless of whether she does or doesn't, there are now, Chris, 19, 19 of these lawsuits and presumably counting because Busby has claimed at least 20 have been filed and there could be as many as 24. So this is something... That continues. We continue to address it because it continues to generate news. When yeah. it doesn't generate news, we don't address it. When it does, we have to. Yeah, I, I
2: mean, again, I mean, not not good. Not good. And I, I, I mean, mike I don't know how you feel, but I mean, really, it's like, it's stories like that on si.com that I think are some of the most damning. Like, that when the fact where it's like, yes, there's no legal counsel, she's not to decide to sue, she's just sharing her story to go, no, this is messed up. Like, this is what happened. That to me is is you know the worst look in a lot of ways. I know all of it's a bad look, but again, it just doesn't seem like, you know, there's a motive there right now rather than just going, "Wait, this guy's got a history." And that that's where it's not good. Uh so this this thing is unbelievable. I still can't believe uh it's happening and I, I just don't know where it goes out. Like Mike, I mean I I think we're past the – like, I know I talked to somebody in the league, right, over the weekend, like, you know, I have a hard time thinking any trade goes down at any point, anytime soon, right? Not
0: happening. Not happening. Right. Be crazy. Okay. Be crazy for anyone to take on Deshaun Watson now via trade, given so much that needs to be resolved. And no indication that it's going to be resolved anytime soon, Chris. You know my position. Get everybody in a room. Get a retired judge there, work everything out to the satisfaction of all involved. I'm not saying buy this off quickly and quietly and make it make it go away. I'm saying give everyone involved the feeling they're having a day in court. Give everyone involved who's making a complaint against Watson a sense of satisfaction. If it's not about money, what's it about? The problem is it is about money. And, and because there is a clear incentive for Watson to put this behind him quickly so he can get on with his career, I think that is going to make it much more expensive. Because, again, the whole system is premised on money, folks. Tony Busby can say whatever he wants. The civil justice system is premised on money. And there's a business component to this. If you think one side wants to resolve the case, that makes what the other side wants even more. Because they know. They know. That it's in Deshaun Watson's interest to make this all go away, and again, I don't mean make it go away quietly. I mean end it. Well, so I mean, at what point would Busby entertain that? Right? I mean, he seems
2: steadfast on going to court. I mean, is that the type of thing? I mean, again, I'm just spitballing here. That like Watson just has to make a big offer, and then we see where it goes. How does you know? That's where
0: I'm. I I'm just. I still think. Yeah. Pressure him to bring everyone into the room. Pressure him publicly, privately. However, bring your clients to a mediation and let's deal with these cases one at a time and let's try to resolve them to the satisfaction, not of Tony Busby, but to the satisfaction of each of his clients. Full hour of PFT Live still to come. We'll be right
3: back.